I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. On Monday's episode, Katie and I talked about visiting amazing places at night when they're empty. This was sparked by an article in The Atlantic in which a very lucky journalist got the opportunity to go to the Vatican Museums in the middle of the night and see it completely empty, not with a few groups, not with a smaller crowd, but absolutely empty, and wander around the darkened galleries. Something that most of us will never get to do, unfortunately. But it gave me the idea to hear from some experts, some some people who are in the Vatican Museums every single day, tour guides, to hear them talk a little bit about the harsh reality of what the Vatican Museums are like right now, in the middle of high season, in one of, if not the busiest seasons that we have ever had in Rome. This isn't to scare you. This isn't to convince you not to go to the Vatican, although choosing to not go to the Vatican on your trip to Rome is a totally valid choice. If you choose to do that, you should not be made to feel bad for that. And I would specifically caution, if you have young children, I would say even up to 10 years old, I would avoid it. I would absolutely not go. And that's triply true if you have children under two. So that's my one serious piece of advice. But I hope that you find this this useful, sort of the inside look, the backstage pass to the Vatican Museums from the point of view of three tour guides who work there every day. Hi everyone, I'm Barbara. I'm a tour guide in Rome and I also guide tours in the Vatican and Tiffany asked me to say, uh, she said with no filter, what if the Vatican uh, right now in hike season, how is the Vatican in right season? If I had to say it in one word, I would say Vatican is hell. But she didn't ask me to do it in one word, so I'm going to be more precise. It's a kind of Dante's hell. So it's very elaborate as hell. Of course, I'm joking, but it is really crowded. And sometimes it's very difficult to step ahead. The path is marked. You can't choose where to go. You have to go where the crowd tells you to go where the guardians tells you to go everybody's in the middle of the crowd nobody's happy in the vatican not the guides not the tourists not the custodians not the people at the ticket counter it's a really hard tour but it's not impossible it's not i mean if one side it's hell it is also the most beautiful place in the world i mean it's really there inside you have the Sistine chapel so in some way the visit of the Vatican is possible, but it has to be done in a very specific way, which means trust the people that knows it, trust the people that know how to navigate it, go with a guide, go in very, very minuscule group. If you can do a private tour, it's the best with a guide that knows what to do. And what I always say when I start a tour in the Vatican is that 
in the Vatican, I'm not just a tour guide, I am also a kind of human shield. It's a double job. And in some way, I explain all the things that we see in the history of the Vatican and in the art and the pieces that we see. But I have also to protect the people from the crowd, uh, create a bubble of space uh, to make them feel comfortable, make them feel like they are breathing, even if they are surrounded by a lot of people. It is not impossible, but it is hard. That's why it is extremely important to be prepared. From my personal experience, the most annoyed people in the Vatican are the people who had been sold like alone in the Vatican, alone in the Sistine Chapel, uh, early morning so there's nobody. That's impossible. That's impossible. It doesn't exist. Go with somebody who knows what it's doing. Sometimes people ask me if it really works, if it's not better to definitely skip the Vatican. And in fact, I would say yes. I would skip the Vatican because if you are really into ancient statues, you have tons of museums in Rome where you can see them totally alone. Same quality than the Vatican, super important statues like in the Museo Capitolini or a lot of Palazzo Altems, Palazzo Massimo, a lot of them. Or if it's for paintings, there are tons of galleries. If it's for Raphael, you can go to Villa Farnesina. There are a lot of alternatives to see the same things, but in absolutely more enjoyable places. The only thing that you can't really find anywhere else is the Sistine Chapel. But the Sistine Chapel is just a Sistine Chapel, so one can also think to just buy the ticket to the Vatican just to see the Sistine Chapel and then focus on all the other important things, all the rest of the history of Rome in other and much more enjoyable places. Well, the craziest thing that I can think of um, was last summer, the end of the summer, I was on a tour with my group at sort of, I uh, can't remember what time of day it was, um, mid-morning or something, I think. And um, I noticed that the galleries were closed off and it felt a bit funny, like something had happened. Normally the Chiaromonti is open by that time in the morning. And I asked uh, sort of some other people around me, like, you know, what's happened? Something's happened. And I was told that some that a tourist had attacked two of the works of art um, two sculptures. He jumped up and grabbed them, yanked them off the wall, and apparently the guy was, uh, he was imbalanced. He had a psychological imbalance. Uh, he had a, a break of some sort. He was in the Chiaromonti and he had asked to see the Pope and apparently been refused and somebody must have laughed at him and he just went a little bit a little bit crazy. He lost grip on reality and jumped up and grabbed some of the um, the statues. And the thing that, in my mind, sort of I was thinking, this is obvious, but I didn't think of it before, is that none of those statues in the Chiaromonti Gallery, they're not just sitting on the shelves. I mean, you have to rock on them to get them off. Apparently, my colleague told me that um, he'd witnessed it and the guy was literally pulling on the thing, yanking it to get it off the, uh, the shelf because there's iron rods in the middle of them. So he must have been really quite angry to be able to manage to yank two of them down in the time the custodians came over, which apparently was very quickly too. So we will think that those custodians are sitting around doing nothing. But um, I was told within 30 seconds, there was a custodian on the job and uh, there. Um, and then another couple of months later, uh, I was in the museums and I was uh, 
I was finishing a tour and uh, on my way out and I dropped off the headset and it was actually my daughter's best friend in school's auntie who is one of the uh, restoration heads of department and I said hello to her and we had a chat and she said oh would you like to go and see Apollo so I got to go and see Apollo uh, behind the scenes and stand on the uh, on the scaffolding next to Apollo actually on the same ground level as Apollo's feet normally you view him from underneath so it was kind of wonderful just to be standing next to him and and, and sort of be able to walk around him that close and see the sculpture and have one of the restoration team tell me about the restoration and what was going on with it and after that uh, I had been invited by the head of department Guy de Vaux, the uh, head of sculptural restoration um, to go and uh, and see the sculptural restoration studio so I went and had a look and uh, I actually saw the two busts that were under restoration that had been yanked off the wall by uh, our gentleman of psychological imbalance I don't know his name so I'm afraid I mean, uh, I don't know how to refer to him, there, but but yeah, so I, uh, I was able to have a look and see what state of restoration those pieces are in, which I thought was was wonderful and also kind of tragic at the same time. But uh, yeah, another thing that came to light as I was talking to one of the restoration team is that uh, apparently the Vatican restoration team don't believe that the arm of Leoquan is the original arm. So the one that we all tell our clients is the original arm and uh, it's, you know, it was found in 1506 by Ludwig Pollack and then um, they investigated it and in 1956 they um, they put it back on, sorry, found in 15, uh, 1905, put back on in 1956 and, um, and it's not the, the real arm. The restoration team, none of them believe that, but they're not going to change anything. They're not going to announce it or make any adjustments to any history books. So there you are. Good morning. So I'm just waking up and getting ready to go to work. Just having my morning coffee on my terrace and soaking in a few minutes of silence and cool breeze before I head to the Vatican. Because it won't be silence and cool breeze in the Vatican, that's for sure. So I think what I would tell anybody coming to visit the Vatican, certainly it depends on when you're coming. If you want to come to Italy when the weather is beautiful and the days are long and it doesn't get dark until nine o'clock at night and you can enjoy an aperitivo outside in a piazza and a walk with the gelato in your hand, then you have to come when everybody else wants to come. <laughs> when the kids are out of school, it's going to be very busy in the Vatican museums at almost any hour of the day. There are times when you might find a few less people or you might get lucky, but it is very crowded and very hot in the summertime from June until October, essentially, or some of the times when it's hot as September, I guess, maybe. Um, and and it can be very, very crowded, extremely crowded in some points of the museums. There are some galleries that lead to the Sistine Chapel that are extremely crowded, mostly because the museums weren't built to be museums. It was built to be the Palace of the Pope. And they're trying to get as many people in as possible. And I hear often people say, why do they let so many people in? They should limit the amount of people. But if you're one of those people standing outside who hasn't purchased a ticket in advance, you're thinking, why aren't they letting us in? They should let in more people. This should be open to the public. It should be for everyone. So 
on the side of the Vatican, I have to say they're trying to find a balance between giving access to as many people as possible and keeping it safe. It is challenging. It's, it's certainly challenging, and you have to keep that in mind when you come. There are ways to try to find, you know, the, there are, it is possible to find ways, moments when it's less crowded, many times later in the afternoon, it can be less crowded. If you go in the middle of the day from opening from 9 a.m. until mm, maybe about 2, those are going to be some of the most crowded times. Uh, and considering uh, things like papal, the, when is the papal audience, um, sometimes in the morning when the Pope is given the, the, the audience in the piazza, the museums can be more quiet. Um, but then it will get busy in the afternoon because everybody rushes over to the museums after they finish with the Pope. I would recommend to anyone who is coming for the first time to certainly get a tour guide. And that's just to help navigate you through the crowds and help you to know where to put your eyes because there's so much inside of there, it's very difficult to know and it really can be overwhelming. It takes a lot of stress off of the visitor. Um, if you've been more than once, more than twice, maybe you could go on your own and try to visit some of the other rooms that are more off the beaten track. There are places in the museums that aren't quite as busy. You can visit the carriage museum and see the papal carriages and the Pope's first cars and the Pope mobile that John Paul II was in when he was shot in 1981. It's not crowded there. You can visit the ethnological museum. There's no one there. You can visit the stamps and coins upstairs and the Etruscan artwork used to be a little more quiet. Now they're kind of diverting people up there. And so it does tend to be a little busy up there, but not quite as much. So there are parts of the museums that are not as frequented as others. And of course, there are times of year that are, are more quiet to come, although now uh, this year was, was pretty busy during our low season as well. There are evening openings. So there are ways to try to find ways around the heat and the crowds. That's not easy, but it is possible and it is worth it. At least now, you cannot say that I didn't warn you. If you're interested in going to the Vatican with a tour guide, just contact me and I'd be happy to set you up with one of these amazing tour guides that I am lucky enough to call my friends. Thanks so much for listening. Join us again. Bye.